And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show with Lance Roberts. Presented by RIA Advisors. Good morning and welcome to the show. Of course, it is uh, Thursday as we get ready to wrap up this week. Of course, headlines this morning, Russia invades Ukraine. Uh, you're going to see this on every channel right now, of course, with interviews and all kinds of analysis about what happened overnight. About 5 a.m. this morning, Eastern Time, uh, Russia did actually launch attacks onto military installations. Now, so far, they haven't targeted any civilian populations. This is simply military operations. Vladimir Putin saying this is a military operation only, and they are doing it in defense of their rebel, uh, you know, these kind of rebel separatists that they've been uh, working with over the last few days. So, you know, this is a, this is kind of a first step. Now, markets are going to open sharply lower this morning. We'll be down roughly uh, about 2% on the S&P, almost 3%. On the Nasdaq, down about 700 points on the Dow this morning. So, not surprisingly, a very negative reaction to markets on the back of this news. Now, look, headlines are going to be unfolding all day long. There's explosions going on. Um, we're going to be getting more details this morning as as things evolve. But again, just you know, this is kind of the unthinkable at this point, but is not something that we haven't seen happen previously. And going back in history and looking at financial markets and how they responded to, you know, invasions like this. In fact, in 2014, February of 2014, Russia invaded the Ukraine. And that was, was the actual bottom of the market. That day was the bottom of the market. The market started rallying the next day because people started to assess very quickly the impacts and where the opportunities were in markets. The other side of this also is that this is going to certainly push the Fed now to become much more dovish uh, in the short term. There was a, a lot of expectation that come March, the Fed was going to hike rates uh, to battle and combat inflation. But now with the situation with the financial markets, potentially uh, creating financial instability from the attack in Ukraine, uh, we certainly wouldn't be surprised here to see the Federal Reserve start to act more dovishly here to provide support for financial markets until we get past this situation of, of however long it lasts. So again, there's going to be a lot of headlines this morning, a lot of news that's coming out. Uh, markets are going to have to, to, to work through this. But importantly, yesterday, markets did close right along support lines yesterday going back. Now we're going to break solidly through those this morning. Again, the NASDAQ right now is looking to be down about 400 points right now. Um, the S&P 500 will be down about 102 points. So if we open down about 100 points on the S&P this morning, that's going to put the markets right around um, this kind of very kind of critical line here where we start getting into areas of territory that are going to start to trigger potentially margin calls and other aspects to markets. Again, this is why the Fed is likely going to start to step in here, become more dovish to help support financial markets in the near term. Markets are already extremely oversold. We talked about this yesterday. The markets have already been under a lot of pressure leading up to this event. So this could be that capitulatory event that you see in markets as well. So the one thing here that we want to be careful of is not to overreact. Now, the first inclination this morning is just going to be to sell stuff uh, at the 
open. And again, this is going to be kind of that, that moment where the markets are going to capitulate. There's a lot of algorithms right now just triggering sell signals here pre-market. Um, so the first inclination is going to be to sell stuff at the open. Uh, be careful with that because that could very well kind of mark the low point for the day. Maybe not, again, but this is one of those things we're going to have to work through here uh, for the next few hours in particular in the financial market. So just be careful about making knee-jerk reactions to markets here and starting to sell a lot of stuff. Now, on the good side, uh, I guess on the, the, the more positive note of the, uh, out of this, if you want to call it that, is that uh, fixed income or bonds actually will start to, to rally very well here today. Yields are dropping sharply this morning, not surprising. Again, kind of that flight to safety that you see in times of geopolitical crisis. Um, people with money around the world, they want to be in the, the most safe haven of assets, and that is the U.S. Treasury bonds. So this morning, we're likely to see Treasury bonds rally pretty sharply here, yields dropping as well. Kind of that, again, we're in the midst of that risk off trade. This is, you know, kind of the one thing that we've been talking about here a lot lately is, you know, what happens when the market makes a shift to risk off? This is what's happening. And even today, for the first time, you know, one thing we haven't seen here lately is really seeing some of these other commodity type assets like gold, as an example, um, has not really been performing, despite the fact we've had just kind of several days of, of worry about what's happening in the Ukraine, of course. Um, gold really hasn't been responding all that well. Well, this morning we're watching uh, gold actually kick up about two and a half percent this morning. So you're going to see gold rally this morning. You're going to see oil prices rally this morning as well over concerns about restriction of supply. Lots of stuff going on here. So um, again, kind of just moving pieces, uh, you know, very fast here. Things are happening. So again, you know, as these headlines come out, there's going to be lots of volatility in the markets this morning. Try to remain calm. Just pay attention to what's, you know, kind of the overarching picture. Take a look at your portfolio. Where, you know, where are the areas of risk? It's okay to reduce risk, but just be careful. Again, you know, the one thing we're going to see this morning as we continue to see these kind of, you know, exacerbated moves in markets. Again, you have a very sharp open this morning in gold prices. It's going to be extremely extended above long-term moving averages. Um, markets are going to be extremely extended below moving averages today. So you're going to see this real bifurcation in markets. And the point about that one more time is just to suggest that, you know, this is what happens when you know some unexpected exogenous event impacts markets and you know this is the one thing that we've talked about numerous times previously is that you know even with the federal reserve involved and with things that are going on it's always that unexpected event you know when you're when you're looking at markets and markets are rallying and doing great it's easy to kind of get lulled into the sense of complacency but it's always that unexpected exogenous event that well nobody's counting on that really trips up markets and cre creates these very sharp sell-offs in the markets. And again, we're going to have that this morning. But now what we need to be thinking about is what happens next. So, you know, this has happened. We can't do anything about this right now. But we need to be thinking about what happens next. You know, if the Fed becomes more dovish to help support financial markets, that should provide some support under stock prices. You know, if, if we begin to see a you know, some breakthrough here, some positive good news on the front of uh, Russia starting to calm down, back up a bit, you know, uh, you know, starting to see some negotiations opening up. Anything that shows some sign of good news, that's going to help support a reflexive rally in the markets. And, and this is really kind of the key point we've talked about for a while 
is that with markets very oversold, it won't be surprising for markets to give us a bit of a, a, of a reflexive rally here. Not a lot, potentially, but enough of a reflexive rally just to let you exit positions and rebalance the risk in your portfolios accordingly. Again, this morning, markets are going to open down very sharply lower. And again, the first inclination is going to be an emotional, you know, kind of get out of everything type move. Be careful with that because typically we see markets rebound from these type of situations, maybe for a day, maybe for two days, maybe for a week. But we typically see a rebound from these very exacerbated moves that we see, and that gives you a better opportunity to reduce risk in your portfolio. Now, look, we've got a lot of stuff to get into this morning. We'll, we'll get into more of the headlines of what's happening out. Um, we'll talk about the Fed. We'll talk about a lot of stuff. Michael Leibowitz joining me this morning as well. So we're going to kind of go through this, talk a little bit about what happened previously in history when we have these type of acts. And we'll get back and talk more about markets and your money right here on The Real Investment Show. I'm your host, Lance Roberts. Don't go away. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. FAFSA. It's FAFSA season, that crucial time of the year when thousands of dollars in financial aid for your college-bound scholar are at stake. Our next free virtual lunch and learn will help you avoid making costly mistakes on the free application for financial student aid, the, the FAFSA. FAFSA, Thursday, March 10th at noon. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com for our next lunch and learn on college planning and dealing with FAFSA season. realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. And welcome to the show this morning, of course. Uh, I said, like I said, you know, it's. Uh, Every channel you turn on right now is, is going to be talking about the Russia attack of Ukraine this morning. Michael Leibowitz joining me as well to kind of go through what we know so far um, and potentially kind of what, you know, theoretically happens next. And, you know, how does this impact markets and what does history tell us about attacking markets? And this is, you know... We've got a lot of things that have, have been going on lately, uh, not just with this, of course. There's been lots of concern in the markets about the Federal Reserve hiking rates because of inflation, right? We've got this big inflation push going on right now. Uh, that's going to be exacerbated a bit by what's happening in the Ukraine as well. Concerns over, you know, uh, restriction of oil supplies. Russia is a big producer, uh, part of OPEC+. Plus. And I guess there'll be OPEC- minus after this one, but... <laughs> the you know this is going to potentially add to the inflation problem in the near term so the feds in a very tough spot here too in terms of you know how do they respond do they you know focus on geopolitical risk and financial instability and you know just let americans suffer with inflation for the time being how do they approach this so so again lots of stuff 
going on right now that we've got to kind of parse through. But this is going to be an unfolding event all day long, all week long, in the next week. You know, this is this is just going to be something we have to continue to kind of evolve with and deal with and make decisions, you know, as we can. So, Mike, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. We got a lot to talk about today. Yep. So uh, I'll just throw it to you just to kind of let you start. What are your first thoughts? So one thing that I've been struggling with, and we've talked a lot about this, is the market is down roughly 15% from its highs. So the question is why? Is it Russia? Is it the Fed? And I think that a lot of this, a lot of the reason the market's been down is the Fed. Recently, Russia and the invasion, now the invasion, is certainly adding on to that. So the question is, the question always in the markets is what's priced in and what isn't. And there is no definitive answer to that. Everyone has opinions and there are at times ways to actually quantify it. Like you can quantify what the market is pricing in regarding what the Fed will do with Fed funds. But when you start talking about more nebulous things like war, like invasions, geopolitical, just regular politics, a whole host of other items, there's no way to understand what's being priced in because the ramifications are unknown. Uh, There is an old saying that says you always sell on the war drums and you buy on the boots crossing borders. And it sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but. You know, what we've seen in the past is that markets fret going into a invasion, a war, and they tend to rally during a war. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? I don't know. <laughs> One reason that you you could make an argument is that the government starts spending heavily uh, for the war and consuming a lot of goods. And look, the war is not, not having territory. So... Yes, it may affect consumer sentiment, but it's not going to impede impede people from going to the store, buying stuff online. Uh, we don't, you know, what we import from Ukraine is next to nothing. Uh, that said, Russia is the world's largest energy mm-hmm. uh, producer, all types of energy, not just oil. So, you know, there's an inflationary aspect, and look, crude oil is up six or seven bucks this morning. To it's it got over it was over a hundred bucks at one point earlier this morning. Uh, that will have enough. That will have a big effect. And this is Lance. This is what makes it so tricky. Is the Fed? Mm-hmm. What's the Fed going to do? One thing, you know, if, if there was no inflation, I'd say the Fed's just going to back off. They'll say we're just going to let Russia simmer simmer down, and we're just going to not do anything in March, and we'll just see what the situation is. And that's probably the prudent take. The problem is inflation's running at seven and a half percent, a level we haven't seen in 40 years. And there's no indication that it's going to slow down when we get inflation data in two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. We just had a housing number that showed house case Shiller's up almost 19 percent year over year. That's a third of the number right there. Oil is still climbing pretty rapidly. Um, and, you know, like we talked about uh, earlier, when you start looking at year over year, you look at last year's numbers and those I believe are still negative. They'll start rising come March, April, May, but you're, there's mm-hmm. no reason, you know, we should expect the, the year over year number that we get in the middle of March to increase from seven and a half percent. So the fed has to fight 
inflation, but at the same time, they're dealing with a an event that could have some pretty severe consequences. Right. Well, and again, and this is kind of the important thing, because, you know, as we talk about this, you know, and you and you bring up a good point is that historically markets don't know how to deal with the threat of an invasion. But once the invasion occurs, they know what they're dealing with. It's like, OK, now I see what's going on. And then markets start kind of moving money into those areas. And 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 again, you know, Russia invaded the Ukraine back in 2014. The market was selling off in January of 2014 and had a very sharp down day the day of the invasion, and that was the bottom. And then the market rallied for the next you know, several weeks coming out of that as, as markets began to kind of you know, reassess what was going on and what was happening. Of course, you know, what the Fed would, you know, what was going to happen with monetary policy, not just domestically, but, but globally, right? So you know, we're, we're going to be looking not just to the Fed here, but also the ECB, uh, the Bank of England, Bank of China. Um, what are they doing? Um, in terms of liquidity. So there's a, a, you know, an expectation here that, and again, we kind of get, everybody kind of gets on, on one side of the boat, and that's kind of where we've been here lately. And now the initial knee-jerk reaction this morning is going to be for everybody to sell everything. And, and the one thing that Mike and I have been talking about lately is that really despite this correction that we've had so far in the markets, um, and again, we're only down about 11% as of yesterday. Now, we're going to be down uh, 13 14% today, depending on, uh, well, the NASDAQ will actually be down uh, 20% today. You know, but the one thing that we haven't really seen here is a big, you know, rise in, in, in fear, right? So the volatility index has, has, has been up, but it's not been spiking during this kind of correction event. It's been a very orderly correction up to this point, and that's, you know, something the markets needed. We had this big rally last year, so we were going through this correction process. It's been very orderly until today, right? So today is going to be the day that you actually potentially see that capitulation in the markets. You're going to see this just market's going to kind of open up this morning. It's going to be down very sharply. And then what happens next is going to tell us a lot about what we need to be doing in portfolios, right? Does the market start to immediately recover this morning? Or does the markets open, you know, sharply lower and then just stay there all day or even go lower? That's going to, you know, how the market responds through the end of today is going to tell us a lot about how institutions are positioning for this, what, you know, what markets are doing, how much has already been wrung out of the market, how much has already been built in because of this. And then we can start making some decisions about what to do next. And, and, and the thing that, you know, we always come back to here is, you know, to, to make sure and, and don't let emotions override the investment discipline process. Look, Mike and I are both emotional people, just like everybody else. And our first gut instinct is, oh, my gosh, let's sell everything and we'll figure it out later. Um, but that typically also comes with the, the fact that you wind up selling the exact bottom of the market along with everybody else. And, you know, so this is the thing we want to be careful of is not allowing you know, our emotions to extrapolate this event and to much bigger events. And look, I'm already seeing stuff on Twitter of people going, you know, this is the first step to nuclear war and, and you know, geo, you know, kind of geothermonuclear warfare. You know, 
you know, yeah, it, it could certainly go there in the worst possible situation. And we'll all be living in bunkers and, and the markets won't even matter at that point anyway. So that's a concern that you just need to set aside for the moment and just think about what you need to do with your money to get through this period. And then we can figure out what to do after that. And, and look, you could you could literally sell everything in your portfolio today. It's OK. Right. And then the markets kind of rally here for the next couple of weeks and, you know, things settle down. And then then you can say, OK, look, you know, that event has passed us. Now I can put money back in the markets. And look, you, you may miss some off, coming off the bottom of the market. That's OK. You know, the markets, you know, the, the media has gotten us all tied up in this idea that we have to time the markets perfectly. You know, we got to get out at the top. We got to buy at the bottom. And that's, you know, and, and that's not the way things, you know, really work. And it's also not the way you have to work. It's okay. If you if you just want to get out of the markets for a while and just let this pass, that's okay. You'll have an opportunity to get back into the markets later. It may be at a higher price, it might be at a lower price, who knows. But you'll have an opportunity to get back in the markets later. So, you know, just try to, you know, see past, you know, today's event and to say, okay, now what am I going to do next? You know, do I have cash sitting on the sideline waiting for an opportunity to put to work? Um, do I have positions in my portfolio that will perform well, even, even in this event? This is why Mike and I have been talking about adding bonds to our portfolio. We've gotten a lot of grief lately about adding bonds to our portfolio because interest rates are going up, right? And we, But we were saying, look, bonds are going to be a safe haven if something goes wrong. And, well, here we are, and bonds should perform very well today as that rotation from risk into safety starts to occur. So these are just some things that we can think about now. When we come back from the break, I do want to switch gears and talk specifically about the Fed. Now, Mike already kind of mentioned this a little bit, but historically speaking, you know, if there's going to be a a, a, a you know piece of good news here uh, to help support financial markets, that'll be something coming out of the Federal Reserve saying, "Hey, we're watching." this geopolitical risk very closely and we're paying attention to it and that is our primary focus right now that could certainly provide some relief to markets in the short term be back we got more headlines for you don't go away Advice blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. FAFSA. It's FAFSA season, that crucial time of the year when thousands of dollars in financial aid for your college-bound scholar are at stake. Our next free virtual lunch and learn will help you avoid making costly mistakes on the free application for financial student aid, the FAFSA, Thursday, March 10th at noon. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com for our next lunch and learn on college planning and dealing with FAFSA season, realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. So if you're just joining us this morning, it's, of course, Thursday morning uh, as we wake up to explosions in the Ukraine as Russia invades. And this was kind of the, you know, the, the one thing that nobody wanted 
and markets have been selling off in anticipation, kind of an anticipation of this. And of course, this is this rhetoric has been ramping up for the last several weeks. A lot of inaction, uh, you know, really by the Biden administration in terms of uh, should have been imposing sanctions, you know, long before we got to this point. But now this morning, uh, the administration is going to meet with other G7 countries about applying very strong sanctions against the U.S. Uh, against the sorry against the against Russia this morning because of this act. Um, Russia. So let me just read you some headlines. These are changing almost as rapidly as as we're reading them out. But Russia is attacking Ukraine's military infrastructure with high precision weapons. Uh, this was uh, according to Russian media. Um, Russia says it's targeting Ukraine anti-aircraft systems. They are not attacking cities uh, and civilians. This is a high-precision strike on Ukraine military. Uh, Zelensky says Ukraine is introducing martial law. Ukraine imposes martial law across the country. Uh, there's no threat to, according to uh, Russian, uh, and then actually according to Vladimir Putin, and, and a statement he made, there's no threat to the Ukrainian population. This is all military action. So, um, you know, that's... You know, and this is this is ongoing. As we speak right now, there are there are explosions that are happening in Ukraine. There's mis, you know, there's uh, reporters standing out. Missiles are flying overhead. So th- tanks are rolling down the streets at, at this point. So this is a full fledged invasion at this point. No way to put it. This morning markets are because of that. Now markets are going to be off sharply this morning. S and P is going to be trading down about uh, two, two and a half percent. Nasdaq will be down about three percent this morning. Dow's looking to be down about eight hundred and twenty-five points right now at the open. So, again, you know, as this is unfolding, markets are under extreme pressure this morning. Uh, bond yields are falling sharply. They're going to be down to about one point eight seven percent this morning. Now, remember, we were just over two percent just a few days ago. So a sharp reversal in yields as we get this kind of risk off trade from equities into into U.S. Treasuries for safety. And this is also going to bring into question, as I as I said just before the break, you know, the question now becomes, what is the Fed going to do? Because, you know, the Fed was set, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, we're talking about the Fed set to hike rates by 50 basis points at the March meeting tapering their balance sheet sharply um, to start reversing all the monetary accommodation uh, in a quest to slow economic growth and to quell inflationary pressures. And uh, that's why you and, and again, that's why you hike rates. You know, the, these things don't work in isolation. You don't hike rates and just inflation comes down. and Everything else is fine. You hike rates to slow economic growth. You slow demand and that brings inflation down. The question is now that's also what <laughs> declining markets do which impact consumer confidence, restrict consumption, and has the same effect as tightening monetary policy. So now the question, you know, kind of all eyes are from the financial markets are going to shift to the Fed. Are they going to start to focus on geopolitical risk? And this would not be the first time. I've actually got an article coming out tomorrow back in 2014, 2016, 2018. They were focusing on geopolitical risk in regards to their monetary policy. It was, you know, kind of a line item statement in their FOMC as they came out and made their FOMC press conferences. So, yeah, you know, geopolitical risk kind of front and center. We're paying attention to that because it does impact not only domestic growth, but but uh, global growth as well. And this is certainly going to do that. So, you know, what the markets are looking for now, what the markets need is they need any sense of relief um, to try to get some money put back into markets. Right now, t- the first reaction this morning, as we said in the last segment, 
is going to be to sell everything. That's going to be the first knee-jerk reaction this morning. Um, you know, this is the question is now is what happens next, and does the Fed start to to, to reconsider fighting inflation now? Do they say, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm, you know, let inflation run hot for the time being because I need to focus on financial stability or do I continue to fight that inflationary pressure? It's a really, really tough spot for the Federal Reserve right now. Mike, your thoughts? Yeah. And I, I think the Fed is in our shoes to some degree. They don't know what's next either. Mm-hmm. Right. They're they're waiting. And I think what we're all waiting on is what's the response? What are the consequences from the United States as well as Europe? How are they going to react? What are they going to uh, what kind of sanctions are they going to impose? Will they put you know, will they put troops in the area to start protecting Ukraine? Mm-hmm. And then then the question is, how does Russia react to that? And, you know, this comes down to a question of escalation. And what point does escalation stop or how far does escalation go? And the Fed does not have the answer to that. We don't have the answer to that. We don't know what Biden's thinking. We don't know what Europe's thinking, what NATO's thinking. Uh, And that's why the markets are selling off, because they don't know what's going on. So they're being protective. You know, Mm -hmm. investors are protective. Um, So the Fed, you know, they still have three weeks to go. Uh, Certainly geopolitics are big in their head now. They're not really thinking about what they're going to do because they still have two weeks to even start thinking about making that decision. Mm -hmm. They have been very quiet. Uh, What's interesting is normally this time of the seat of the cycle, the Fed meets every six weeks. When you start getting kind of two, three weeks out, they start chirping the the hawks hawk, the doves dove. And, you know, everyone wants to say their view. And here's what we think. Here's what I think the Fed should do. And some people are saying they should do 50 others saying let's hold off. But they're all they've all been very quiet. And probably on purpose, you know, they they don't want to be they don't want to commit, even though they kind of have committed. They don't want to further commit to raising rates by 25 or 50 or even raising rates or whatever they're going to do. QE will end in March, but maybe they'll extend it. They just don't want to be out there because they don't know what's going on. Um, So to me, I think the biggest event of the next few hours is what are the sanctions? How hard hitting are they? Because the sanctions haven't involved involved oil yet. Right. And when we start sanctioning oil, that that hurts Russia a lot, but it hurts the rest of the world. Well, so, that's, and, and you're right. Um, President uh, President Biden is set to make remarks today, so we'll start hearing about you know that um, you know and about those sanctions in particular because that's going to be the first thing that they're working on this morning. Um, NATO, of course, is the most uh, powerful military alliance in the world, and they have uh, already stated in the coming days and weeks, this is a quote from uh, General uh, Jen Stoltenberg, in the coming days and weeks, we will further increase our presence in the eastern part of the alliance. Um, We have already deployed thousands of troops, he said. The most important thing for Poland and allies in the eastern part of the NATO alliance is that there is more NATO presence in the east. Stoltenberg said the Russian attack was no surprise because, quote, that is exactly what our intelligence predicted over the last several months. Moscow was never serious about really engaging in diplomatic efforts. Um, he goes on to state that this is extremely serious. It's a time of war on a scale that we actually thought of it was uh, was history in Europe and that they wouldn't ha- and it wouldn't happen again. It's imposing enormous suffering 
on the people in Ukraine. So NATO is, you know, going to be applying again, you know, this is that escalation part that is, you know, very critical. And this is kind of that point to where NATO starts to escalate, Russia starts to escalate, we apply sanctions and then everybody escalates more. You know, this is where cooler heads have to step in and start to prevail and, and they need to find a solution fairly quickly. Um, you know, to get things to start to reverse and, and to calm down here a bit. Because, again, this is, you know, the, the big risk here is this continues to escalate until you're actually in a full-fledged war. And that's the last thing that, you know, basically anybody wants right now. And, Lance, there's also discussions behind the scene. I know it sounds like we're not talking to Russia, that NATO's not talking to Russia, that Europe's not talking to Russia. There are discussions going on, and we don't know what Russia really wants. Do they want to take back all their old territories or are they just using this to get something else? Right. It's been we've talked a lot of the media has talked about Nord Stream 2, which is a gas pipeline to Germany. And Germany has not approved it. And Biden has been pretty, pretty much against it. It has been a huge investment for Russia to build that pipeline. And it's a huge revenue generator for Russia once they get it going. Now, in the same same light. Germany is heavily dependent on oil. I think half their oil, half their uh, gas comes from Russia. So is this, you know, a very heavy handed negotiation about Nord Stream and possibly some other items? Right. And, you know, will will the West relent and say, yep, build, Nord, you know, finish Nord Stream, we'll permit it. Biden will give it the stamp of approval. So will NATO and start pulling your troops out or, you know, just keep eastern very, you know, the eastern part of uh, the Ukraine. But your advance stops there that, right. you know, that discussion could be going on or this could be that Russia just wants all of Ukraine. And no. that's a very different negotiation. Yeah, I don't think that's the issue. I mean, you know, Biden had already given the stamp of approval on the finishing of Nord Stream. Now he's repealed that again. Of course, you know, Trump was the one that had stopped it to start with. Um, and then Biden had reversed that decision when he got into office. And now Biden has reversed that decision again um, and is back to to where Trump was originally on the deal. But, you know, the big the big risk and, and really the big issue, and we've talked about this before, is that Russia doesn't want Ukraine being part of NATO. And that would put NATO troops directly on its doorstep, as which are happening right now. But one of the big concerns for Russia has always been Ukraine being part of NATO. This could have been avoided to a large degree had they just agreed not to allow NATO to be part of or Ukraine to be part of NATO. Um, so, again, you're, you're, to your point, though, we don't know exactly what they want. And you're right. There's negotiations that are going on. Sanctions are going to be the next step. Escalation is going to follow. The question will be is, is when do cooler heads actually prevail? That's going to be the big question. All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap up the show again. Lots of stuff happening this morning. Don't go away. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the Internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. FAVSA.
It's FAFSA season, that crucial time of the year when thousands of dollars in financial aid for your college-bound scholar are at stake. Our next free virtual lunch and learn will help you avoid making costly mistakes on the free application for financial student aid, the FAFSA, Thursday, March 10th at noon. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com for our next lunch and learn on college planning and dealing with FAFSA season, realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. And welcome back to the show this morning is, of course, uh, Thursday as we get to wrap things up Uh, again. This is going to be one of those mornings that, you know, you just kind of wish you got to go back to bed and just start all over. (laughs) But um, as we woke up this morning to headlines that uh, Russia launches a full scale invasion uh, of Ukraine, the, the question becomes, again, you know, what happens next and, you know, what happens politically? Um, You know, the last thing that anybody wants is to devolve back into war in Europe. Um, We haven't seen that in this century and certainly not in decades since World War II. So, you know, that's the last thing anybody wants. And the question is, is, and and Mike Leibowitz brought this point up in the last segment, you know, what does he want, right? That's that's the question. What, What does he actually want? And those conversations are obviously going on behind the scenes, and there's some there's some ask being made that right now um, the current NATO alliance is unwilling to agree to, and that has led up to this initial invasion into military sites. Now, again, according to earliest reports, and and this is going to kind of this is evolving as you know things go on. These attacks are. On military sites, you know, air, you know, uh, airstrips and airplanes and military facilities, et cetera, not civilian populations. Now, again, this may change, um, but that's so far that's what the headlines are, are reporting. But everybody's just playing catch up. Now, this started at 5 a.m. Eastern time. So everybody's playing catch up right now. We, you know, we're just a couple hours into this trying to figure it out. And this is going to be, you know, uh, a, a developing situation all day long that's going to continue to weigh on markets. Putin's warning of consequences if there is interference with Russia. The U.S. is warning of consequences if he continues to do this. Um, so, you know, this is escalating um, at this point to, you know, a, a worsening situation and cooler heads need to prevail pretty quickly here if things are going to settle down. So again, we'll we'll find out. Is this is going to occur? Uh, President Biden is going to speak uh, this morning, um, though he is working with the G seven uh, organ uh, G seven countries right now to impose sanctions on Europe. Sorry, on Russia. And you know this this is going to be the next step of escalation, right? Severe sanctions against Russia. Now Russia will respond to those sanctions because sanctions are going to impact the the population of Russia, right? Which is already economically weak anyway. This is going to make them even weaker at this point, um, which is going to cause more problems. 
economically. So again, and, and there's ripple effects from all of this into even to the U.S. economy. We're going to see uh, gas prices going up here. Oil prices are up 8% this morning. Brent crude is over 100. We're about $95 a barrel on West Texas Intermediate crude. That's going to translate to higher gas prices at the pump. As we talked about a few minutes ago with the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve is coming up with their meeting. Inflation has been their big focus, right? They are concerned about the 7% inflation run we've got going on. Used car prices are out of control. House prices are, 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 are as high as they've been since World War II. Biggest spike in housing prices since World War II. And now they've got this geopolitical problem that is going to further cause inflationary pressures on American citizens. But is also going to undermine the economy in terms of slowing economic growth and and creating other problems. And right now you've got financial instability going on with markets. So, so many conflicting and con competing problems here for markets. It's going to make this very difficult to navigate here over the next few days. And as we said earlier, you know, if, you know, there's nothing you can do about it this morning at the open. Right. So what we're going to have to do is wait for the market to open, see what happens next, and then start reacting accordingly. Trying to do anything else, kind of a knee-jerk basis reaction, is probably going to be the wrong action. And this is, this is going to be the problem that faces a lot of investors this morning. And so the, the, the best thing to do is just kind of shut off the trading terminal momentarily and <laughs> let this thing kind of open and then start figuring out where the damage is, where the damage isn't, and then just start making some small adjustments if you, if you need to, Mike? And Lance, I think, you know, what you just said is, you know, more primarily about risk assets, but what do we do about safe haven assets? What do we do with bonds? What do you do if you own mm -hmm. gold or Bitcoin? Right, um, well, Bitcoin's not a safe haven asset. <laughs> not anymore, that's the other end. Well, let's talk about Bitcoin first. Bitcoin's down 10% today. Bitcoin has been trading poorly through this Russian, you know, through the war drums with Russia mm. for the last month, and it hasn't protected against inflation. So, you know, we could save this debate for another day, but what is Bitcoin? And that's, it's starting to look more and more like the NASDAQ, like a right. risk asset. Um, but gold, gold is the traditional safe haven. U.S. bonds are a relatively traditional safe haven, right? And bonds are having a great morning but they were down sharply yesterday mm -hmm. when the war drums, drums were beating really hard, right? So it's not clear, like on the bond side, that bonds are, you're gonna definitely make a ton of money, sell all your stocks, buy bonds, mm -hmm. right? Because what we're seeing is very, can be potentially very inflationary, pushing inflation higher than it is now, which is not good for bonds. It may get the Fed to step on the sidelines, which may not be good for bonds. Um, and bonds, you know, have traded okay, but they haven't acted like the safe haven until this morning. Mm -hmm. Um, gold, gold is having a great morning. It's up about 60 bucks. Uh, you know, call that what, two and a half, three percent. Uh, but it too has traded, you know, it's traded well for the last few weeks. But it's not acting like that's the place to be. That's the place to protect all your money. Uh, oil has been trading well, uh, but that oil is directly implicated into this because mm -hmm. we don't know what the consequences are going to be on Russia. Will we 
prohibit them from selling the oil on the world markets? How will it affect all the other oil producers? So, you know, you have to be careful on both sides of the balance sheet. And that's one reason why we are we increased our hedges over the last month. Right. We sold some of those riskier assets. We actually put on some short equity hedges and we've also been steadily increasing our exposure to bonds. And, you know, some of it is technical. Some of it is certainly fundamental with what the Fed's going to do. But, you know, this Russia thing has also been kind of a known commodity now for, you know, a month, two months. And that that also plays into the rationale for being balanced or hedged or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, we're going to we're going to have an interesting day today, but it's certainly easier to sleep knowing that you have some bonds on, knowing that you're 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 not full throttle on risk assets. And it allows you to kind of think more logically and rationally. And, you know, Lance, we had a great conversation yesterday, you know, after the market closed, we were talking for about 45 minutes. What are we going to do? And we went through so many different scenarios and how are we going to react? Are we going to buy? We're going to sell. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it's nice to be in a comfortable position to make those decisions and to have those thoughts versus being panicked and knowing that you're over your skis in one direction or another and having to react versus being able to just step back. Right. And right. just survey the situation. Yeah, and, and again, and that is true. And it, you know, unfortunately, it's you know, this is going to be the the challenge for a lot of people is that you know they're going to wake up this morning and go, oh my gosh, you know, it's the emotional headline. I mean, this is very emotional, you know, emotionally driven, charged headlines that we have going on right now. And it's like, oh my gosh, what does this mean? You know, we're going back to World War II and. You know, this is going to spread throughout Europe and, you know, he's got nuclear warheads and he's crazy and he'll use them. And, you know, there's there's a we can extrapolate this out into a very, very bad situation. And that's really the last thing that, you know, that, you know, look, Russia doesn't want war. Right. They want something, but it's not war. <laughs> and, you know, NATO wants something, but it's not war. Nobody wants war out of this. And so you've got to hope, and at least trying to be optimistic here, is that we're going to find you know some common ground to negotiate and, and calm the situation down sooner rather than later, right? And you know, and we've got some precedent for this, right? Russia went into the Ukraine back in 2014. In February of 2014, Russia invaded the Ukraine, and it lasted two months, and then it resolved itself, and we went on with life, and the market rallied, and. Um, and did well until later that year when we got into the old Brexit issue. So, you know, there's always something out there, right? But, you know, these things tend historically tend to resolve themselves pretty quickly. So making big, you know, bets in one direction or the other, it may work for a few days or even a couple of weeks, but they also have a tendency to reverse very quickly. And so you get onto this one-sided bet and you're going, oh, I'm right. And then this whole thing reverses and you're like, OK, yeah, but I'm still going to be right eventually. And then you wind up so far behind the curve at that point, you've you've created damage twice now. So sometimes it's better just to do nothing, just kind of wade through this. Markets aren't going to go just straight down forever. We are going to get a reflexive rally here at some point. You'll have a better opportunity to rebalance risk into. You'll also have a better understanding 
of what's going on. Again, by the time the market opens this morning, we'll be three and a half hours into this event. We don't know anything right now. We're just reading headlines and, and relaying what the media is saying. So be careful about making any big decisions this morning. Let this market unfold. It's too late to do anything about it now. Let the market unfold and then start making rational decisions about your portfolio and your money as we go forward from here and as and, and as we learn more. Mike, thank you so much for joining no, us. I would this just morning. like to say go the ahead. media sells the media sells fear. And right. I don't care what side of the political aisle you're on, be careful because they're all selling fear. There's fear all over Twitter, all over whatever your social media choice is. And don't let that fear drive your investment decisions. Let it be logic. Yep, absolutely. Mike, thanks so much this morning. Uh, again, we have uh, some uh, commentary about this this morning on our daily market commentary. It's on the website now, realinvestmentadvice.com. Our newsletter tomorrow be dedicated exclusively to what to do to your with your money and your portfolio. That'll be tomorrow's newsletter. Get subscribed at the website, realinvestmentadvice.com. See you back here tomorrow. It's a rich man's world.